This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash DJForceX. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This episode of the DJ Force X podcast is proudly sponsored by Fixed. Fixed is a fan and artist-friendly independent record label that specializes in hybrid electronic rock. It's home to the likes of Cell Dweller, Blue Starly, I Will Never Be The Same, Witchy Nicks, The Algorithm, Voicians, CD Akira, and a whole bunch more. Check out their latest label sampler for just one dollar. At their official store, fixedstore.com. That's F I X T store.com. Save 10% off your first order by using my coupon code FORCEX. That's F O R C E X. They have loads of shirts, hoodies, stickers, posters, and many other accessories for all their artists. And this is available worldwide with fantastic international shipping rates to go with that. So head over to fixstore.com and check them out. And don't forget, use my coupon code FORCEX. Hello and welcome to the DJ FORCEX podcast episode 65. Uh, on this week uh, episode, I speak to Heather Perkins. She is the vocalist and bass player of the UK punk rock outfit, Slow Coaches. Um, so yeah, we're going to chat about their new album, Nothing Gives, which is out now. So do check it out if you dig that sound. Um, but yeah, I'll let you go into the into after that. Uh, again, if you can uh, rate and review this show, that would be fantastic. You can go to iTunes, give it a five-star rating, or even go to Stitcher, give it a five-star rating. All that kind of helps my uh, podcast go up those rankings and what not uh and kind of you know validate me if you will but um yeah so yeah we're gonna do that if you can do that that'd be great um also uh check out my radio shows uh crossing the streams it goes out on total rock on tuesdays at 11 p.m uk time midnight on saturdays the east coast time on the mix.fm and then 8 p.m on sundays uh eastern time on full frequency radio uh dot com or full full freak dot uh, re- frequency. <laughs> Sorry, let's try it again. Full freak radio dot com. That also has an official app as well. So you can get that as free on the app stores for Android and iOS. Um, also, they're all available on TuneIn. So if you have that app, do tune in. And if you miss it, I do have it on demand. It is on Mixcloud dot com forward slash DJ Force X. Anyway, with the plugs out the way, without further ado, I'm going to give you this interview. This is Heather from Slow Coaches. Enjoy. I would like to welcome to my show this week, I have Heather, and she is the vocalist and bassist for the UK band Slow Coaches. Welcome, Heather. Hey. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Cool. I just got like totally rain done, so I'm sat here uh, in my slippers and my pajamas now. <laughs> uh, They're all right. I miss that British weather. <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah, you're from the band Slow Coaches. Um, you released an album uh, late last year called nothing gives yeah uh, which is a fantastic album just to throw that out there 
Um, I discovered you guys um, via my uh, manager of the place I work at here in in Tampa. And yeah. uh, we kind of often trade band recommendations with each other. And then uh-huh. just before Christmas, he threw me your band name. And uh, yeah, I really, really dig the sound. Uh, cool. Kind of got that real kind of raw rock, punk rock sound, which is what I like. So That's totally what we we're going for. So that's good. Excellent. excellent. <laughs> um, so just for the benefit of myself and the listeners, uh, could I get some of the origin story of the band? A bit of the background? Uh, yeah, so me and Matty, who's the guitarist, was the guitarist that played on the album, um, actually met about five years ago. We were living in Leeds, which is like further up north for anyone who's not sure where that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty grey city. Um, <laughs> and when we, we actually met outside like a, a show, I think, quite late at night. And I saw him across the street and I shouted to him across the street. They look like Kurt Cobain. And I really, I, I think I was a bit tipsy, so I think I was probably being a bit obnoxious. And he shouted back to me. I guess I can't say anything too rude, but he shouted back something pretty rude to me. And that was kind of it then. And then about two hours later in early hours of the morning, he literally, like, crashed into me skating down my street. So somehow in that, like, weird 3 a.m. thing, we swapped numbers and said we'd, like, hang out. And then... Kind of since then, he used to just come over a lot and, like, we'd make food together. And and I'd been thinking that I wanted to start a band for a while, but I'd never played guitar before. Um, so we just got together. Originally, Matty was actually playing drums for us, so we got together with another friend of ours and wrote some really, like, um, gritty, like, basically noise stuff mm. um, that was super fun to do and kind of that's how I learned to play bass. And then... The guy that was playing guitar moved to Australia and Matty moved on to guitar and that's when everything kind of started to get a little bit tighter and, and kind of turn into the sort of stuff we're doing now. Um, and yeah, so me and Matty um, had been playing together for about four years when the album came out and we've had a few different drummers. So it's always been quite a... The band's always been kind of transforming and changing over that time. And that's, yeah, and now we're here now. We, we kind of moved to, we spent a bit of time away from each other and then we moved to London and finally, like, got ourselves together and, and made the record. Cool. So, so the record itself, um, called Nothing Gives, um, what was the um, sort of the, the energy or the influence behind that album? Because it's very, um, it, it varies in, in, in style. A um, couple of time changes, tempo changes, a couple of tracks like... Um, living out which is the opening track kind of starts slow but then you kind of pick it up and um really kind of uh reminds me of that what's the what was it sort of like the early indie sound in the uk so bands like elastica um, yeah and and things like that not to sort of pigeonhole you because you're a female vocalist but um, (laughs) it kind of has that kind of like it's kind of a cross between that kind of ramones clash uh and even even hole as well when you mentioned the sort of kurt cobain kind of lookalike link there um was that was that the sort of like uh end goal when you formed um or was it no not at all no um i mean i think when we first started playing i was influenced by a lot of noise rock stuff and in fact me and Matty first bonded over a mutual love of butthole surface who are still one of my favorite bands nice so um but i think when we first started playing because my ability was definitely quite limited um the the, the kind of songs like always began with that very kind of scratchy because I was listening to like a lot of bands like Mika Mika and I mean um who am I trying to think of there are a lot of bands around that time that were playing that really like raw but quite hooky yeah kind of sounding stuff um 
So I think we started with that real simple objective of just playing very like raw but quite catchy tunes. And I, I wouldn't, I find it really hard to name like bands specifically that have influenced the record because we kind of made the record over a space of like two or three years. And okay, definitely okay. the stuff that I was listening to changed a lot during that period. So I think it's kind of a, it, it, it's a culmination of everything that I've been listening to over that space of time. I find it really hard to boil it down to yeah. specific influences. I think it's more an overall sound that we were going for. And I think, we, like you referenced the Ramones and stuff, there's definitely something in that vein that's really catchy yeah. and really accessible um, about the record. And I think that that's more down to my writing style and maybe to a degree Matty's style and that that fusion of like Matty writes the big fat gnarly riffs Mm. and Mm. then I kind of take those and mold them into pop songs basically so I think that's where that sound comes from rather than us sitting down and being like we want to sound like this we want to sound like that because I'm terrible at listening to bands so I find (laughs) it really hard to say like you know like I really know what I like so I love I I guess the stuff that I was listening to when we first started playing was like the germs and the nerves and like lovers had just started playing I was a massive fan of those guys that really scratchy like almost American sounding like you say like 70s 80s American sounding yeah punk but I just, I, I, I think it's just that mixture, that blend of that fat sound with that really irritating, <laughs> like, <laughs> melody. That's really good. I, I like the blend, like you say, with that pop influence in there as well. That's where, obviously, the catchiness part of it. Um, and a lot of people underrate that. And it, it really works for you guys. And it works for, you know, the bands that I mentioned prior to that. But, um, yeah. no, that's cool. Thank you. Um, so, right. um, off the back of this album, obviously, it was released late, late last year. Um, how's it been? Because, um, obviously, before that, you released a couple of EPs in a single. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. How, how did that differ with, with the album out? Uh, what kind of reception did you get from that? I mean, it was really interesting to do the album the way we have because we'd previously released... I mean, this this album was also released on a on an indie label, mm. but we'd previously done everything very much by ourselves. So it was, like, all financed by us um, and the people that we were working with and everything was done, like, very much, like, on economy and and that kind of limited us to a degree, but it was also a really, really positive thing too, because it meant that we were just working with what we had. Yeah. But when it came to this album, because I mean, the reason we hadn't released an album previously was because A, we couldn't afford to, um, and B, we just were always so stripped for time. So me and Matty both work full-time jobs. Everyone else we've played with has always been super busy. So it's always been a case of like, when we do get together, we really have to make the most of the time we have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when it came to this record, it was kind of fun at, at first to have that luxury of having a bit more time and, and the fact that we weren't constrained as much financially because our label was amazing and really helped us out with that. Um, but it was also a little bit frustrating because we'd never worked with the label releasing a, a kind of full length record in this way. So there was a lot, there were more people involved um, I mean, obviously, we had full control over everything, but there were more people involved. There were kind of more sort of hoops we had to jump through in terms of, you know, we're, we're putting this record out, but the labels suggest that we do two singles before it comes out. And, yeah. you know, we had someone doing our press for us, et cetera, et cetera. And in that way, I think it became quite frustrating for us because we were so used to just churning stuff out, like, as and when it was done. Mm. So we actually recorded the album. When did it come out? It came out last December. We'd recorded it over a year prior to that yeah 
Um, which I think is pretty standard for releasing a record, but for us it felt like an eternity. But I think when it finally did come out, it was a lot more rewarding um, because everything was kind of in place then for for people, more people to be able to hear it. So it's been quite, it's been like weirdly emotional. Cause, <laughs> cause it's just been so, so frustrating. It's been so much work. But the fact that it's gone down so well and like, you know, still, I mean, it came out, what, over a month ago now and I'm yeah. seeing, you know, like you picked it up and there's people messaging us from like Japan and Germany and stuff that have heard it. And that's amazing because, you know, people are still just picking it up for the first time over a month later. And that's that's really cool. 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 So um, with that, um, what opportunities has it opened up to you compared to what you had before? Because obviously you're doing <laughs> everything kind of DIY as and when. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned sort of time constraints, but what what doors did this open for you that you just like, like I said, didn't have before? I mean, in a really boring way, it's the the financial side and just being able to reach a lot more people that you wouldn't usually. Because yeah. I really, I had no idea like what really goes into releasing a record like on a slightly bigger scale. Like I had no clue about that stuff. You know, we'd done like maybe like three hundred tapes or something, and yeah. just released it or sold it at shows and stuff so I guess it's like aside from people just being able to hear it it's meant that we're now this year going to be able to play a lot more shows in a lot more places which is you know why we're in a band it's like my favorite thing to do is play shows so I guess I guess uh, releasing a record just opens a lot more doors because it, it enables you to travel more and play to more people which is kind of the whole point yeah so with that on that key on that note um what have you got any tours coming up um i didn't see anything so, you had on your website at the moment no there's nothing on there at the moment so um we all took a break in january because we just did a 10-day tour uh, to promote the album in the uk in december mm-hmm. um so we're currently working on um going to europe sometime in the spring um nothing's confirmed yet but it will be soon it's all kind of in progress um can't really say a huge amount about where we'll be but if you keep your eyes peeled there'll be stuff going up soon i was gonna say on on that as well just continuing i think um it's interesting i think like talking about the working with other people and opening doors and stuff because there's always kind of downsides as well as upsides to working with other people especially um people that are also working with other people so their sole kind of priority isn't just you and it definitely was really interesting this time um for example we worked with a booking agent on our tour and whereas we'd always or I'd always booked everything myself yeah and I think some it's just like figuring out that balance between trusting someone else and handing all that stuff over to them Mm -hmm. and and like putting faith in them and it's not always going to work out maybe the best way for you so it's all kind of been like a big period of trial and error and a bit of an experiment when me and Matty first because we were always very much like a staunch DIY band and that's how we wanted it to be and when we started talking to the label that we work with now we kind of talked about it for quite a long time with them like a year yeah um and we just decided that you know we could continue the way we were going which was kind of playing to people we love but it was never going to go much further than that or we could just take a punt and see what happens and there's been yeah like positives and negatives to 
to doing that. So I think it's always something that's like for any other band that's worth bearing in mind is, you know, yeah, some things are better, definitely better if you do them yourself. Yeah, no, I can totally agree with that. I was, um, uh, as my listeners would hear me bleat on about, I was in a band in the UK for a long time. And, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we were very DIY um, yeah. to start with. We kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it kind of like um, things started getting sort of taken care of. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, because we were self-managed, particularly I was the man- yeah. I was managing and booking the shows like yourself, giving that to someone else was very difficult. Um, but I hated it. Like, I found it's quite stressful, like emotionally stressful. It sounds really melodramatic, doesn't it? But it's quite like, it's quite an emotional stress handing over something like that because it is like your baby and you're very protective over it. And I think you either have to just give it a go and then review it afterwards and figure out how you do it differently. Yeah, no, definitely. It's one of those things where you kind of like all the work you've kind of put into it, like building contacts, relationships with these yeah. people. And then suddenly you're no longer speaking to them on that. Exactly. That plane. And it's kind of, you don't know whether this company that take coming in are yeah. going to ruin that relationship you had with, yeah. that, with that particular venue, you know, and they're... which is why, like, I think, I mean, talking of booking and stuff, you know, like it's, it's making sure that you are still, I think it's doing a bit of both. I think it's like maintaining those relationships and doing what you want to do and not working with anyone who's going to not let you do that. Yeah. It's really important. It sounds obvious, but it's it's easy to get kind of caught up in just handing everything over to someone else, isn't it? Yeah, because in some cases it can be like, oh, great, you know, uh, that's less for me to do. <laughs> exactly. And then you're like, well, what did I used to do all the time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, how, how do you keep that balance? And, uh, you know, because you're mm-hmm. keeping busy with it, then suddenly you've got nothing to do, which can be a good thing, but can also be... But then I found you sometimes then end up with like five different people that are emailing you. So when you end up spending like half your life just responding to emails as well. And you're like, I just want to write and play. Yeah. And now I've got like <laughs> five different people asking me for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um, obviously I know you, so you took uh, some time off over January. Was there anything you were particularly working on after that? You looking at doing any new material straight away? Because uh, I know some yeah. bands, after they've kind of produced the album, released it, they're like, I've got this whole bunch of new stuff going on. So. Yeah, I think also because we wrote this album over such a long period, it was kind of, in some ways, it was difficult to move on. Or I found it quite difficult to move on at the same time as waiting for that to be released. It was like there was a bit of a block in my my brain that was kind of stopping me from being able to move on. So once that came out, it was like, you know, I, I mean, I... I just got the vinyl and I was like, yeah, great, cool. I don't want to look at this ever again. <laughs> like just completely like want to start from scratch and, um, and just take it from there really. So we have started writing stuff. Um, but we took that this few weeks off and I think it's now about like going back like from scratch and just starting again on the next album. So there'll be some stuff coming out in summer and then we're working towards either an EP or a full length in autumn. Excellent excellent yeah. cool yeah. so i've got a couple of uh questions left for you then i'll let you go <laughs> um so the first one uh what is the most bizarre situation you found yourself in during your time with the band um a lot of the i guess a lot of the bizarre situations we've been in of things that have kind of or situations we've ended up being in on tour um i guess doing a lot of stuff ourselves and, and loads of other bands will understand this is you don't always know where you're going to end up staying or where you're going to be going. And 
we've we were really lucky that we were invited to um play in poland and a few festivals in europe and we played a festival in antwerp um that was in the middle of nowhere it was snowing it was in the middle of nowhere and we had nowhere to stay and this guy very sweetly offered us um a place to go and it turned out that he was got like the guardian of a house that was being entirely renovated um but to the point where there was nothing in the house like no floor no windows like it was just you could no glass in the windows um and we ended up sleeping on a concrete floor in this room with a fire in the corner with snow coming in through the windows so it was it was pretty bizarre he was sleeping on a hospital bed in one corner of the room and i've never been so cold in my life it was more like awful than bizarre yeah but i think i literally just went to sleep crying because i was so freezing and the whole like scenario was so strange it was something out of some weird horror movie (laughs) with this hospital bed and this guy and then us with this little fire in the corner (laughs) i'm a bit of a diva because i quite like somewhere nice to sleep (laughs) so but there's been plenty of times like that where we've ended up in some pretty interesting places nice nice um and uh what are your three top albums the ones that kind of influence the person that you are uh or the musician you are as well um i mean the first album i ever bought was uh kill em all by metallica nice. um so i guess i mean when i was a kid growing up i was into a lot of metal it's kind of the first sort of stuff that i got into so i guess that one um, Butthole Surfers, Electric Larry Land is a, like one of my favourite records ever. Um, and then Joni Mitchell's Blue is also like one of the fa- like one of the best records I think ever written, which is a bit of a contrast, but um, something else I listened to when I was growing up nice. that nice. taught me about good songwriting. I yeah. think. No, that's a good that's a good selection of uh, very quite <laughs> so that's good. Um, it's always hard to think, though, isn't it? It's so it hard is. to think. He put me on the spot there. No, it's all right. I, I like to do that because, like, some, <laughs> some, some guys I've inter- you know, like interviewed, they can rattle them off. Uh, some of them really take some time over it. So there was a point where I got, I was doing a lot of interviews, and I did just memorize like a top ten because every time someone asked me, I just, I just freeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what What are your hobbies away from music? So when you weren't uh, obviously doing stuff with a band, uh, what do you do? Um, well, I'm currently studying at university. I guess it's not a hobby, but it's something I'm really interested in. So I'm studying to become a therapist. So I'm really interested in psychotherapy. So that's something I spend a lot of time reading about. And then um, I work all the time. So if I'm <laughs> working, studying and music, it sounds kind of dull, but it's, you know. <laughs> there's, there's a balance there somewhere. So. <laughs> Cool. Um, and finally, uh, where can people reach you? Where's the best place to reach out to Slow Coaches? Uh, I mean, you can buy the album off our Bandcamp, which is, I guess it's bandcamp.slowcoaches or slowcoaches.bandcamp, whatever it is. Um, that's probably the best place to find us. But I mean, just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, are, you, are you receptive on uh, on the social media sites like Facebook? Yeah, Twitter? please tweet me. I'm always bored at work, sat in front of my computer. Okay. So I spend a lot of time like grumbling on Twitter. So yeah, please tweet me. Right. I'm always bored. I'm always up for a chat. <laughs> well, Heather, thank you very much uh, for your time this evening. Um, good luck with the album. Um, Thanks. And uh, yeah, good luck with the forthcoming tours that you Thank can't talk you. about but are coming over the summer. Well, hopefully we'll see you in the US soon. Yes, that'll be cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to keep uh, <laughs> keep an eye out and I'll bring my boss along as well. 
So. <laughs> and your dog. I'm a dog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Her name is Sia, <laughs> so she likes to sing. So she likes to shout. Awesome. So. <laughs> anyway. well. Yes. <laughs> well, cool. Again, Heather, thank you very much, and uh, yeah, you have a good rest of your night. Okay. Thanks for having me. Cool. No worries. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.